0: Welcome Mavs Nation to another episode of Mavscast, the Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks podcast this is your host again, Host the on Twitter at H-O-V-O-K-Y-O-S and the show Twitter at Ethos Mavericks. Give us a follow there so you can stay up to date and I'm here to talk about mainly the Brooklyn game from Thursday night and the Mavericks pull out a win in overtime on a game that It was a real back-and-forth game against, obviously, two of the most talented players in the league, um, as well as their supporting cast in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and company. Um, I'm not going to include Ben Simmons on that star list, at least not in this point of the season. Um, Yeah, let's dive into it. Mavericks faced a lineup of the usual starting lineup for the Nets, which was Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, uh, Nick Claxton at the center, and Royce O'Neal uh, filling out the the other wing spot. And um, Mavericks kept their you know same starting lineup that 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 uh, Mavs have been putting out there this season uh Tim Hardaway Jr was back this game after uh missing game on Tuesday um but he didn't crack the starting lineup even though there were some reports uh earlier in the day about not reports but a quote from uh Jason Kidd about uh potentially looking at bringing Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench um I don't think it was going to happen that early. I don't think he was that serious about it as in, it, you know, it's, it's going to happen right away. I think he's more talking about uh, the possible different shuffling and testing of lineups uh, that we could see Kid doing because this team, as we've talked about a lot, is has a lot of role players who are on similar talent levels uh, that – have an intersection of skill sets, but also uh, very specialized in in certain skill sets as well. So there's a lot of puzzle pieces for uh, Coach Kid to move around over here. A lot of ways that the Mavericks roster can go. So this is just a little bit more of that, as well as um, you know some uh, some other situations for the Maps. Um, you know, needing that offensive generation when Luka is off the bench um, or just not on the court in general, as well as, uh, you know, player performance, as well as seeing what you got with players who, you know, have missed time. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, their Mavericks tenure has not intersected so much with um, Tim Hardaway Jr., being injured shortly after Spencer Dinwiddie got in town and then, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie's minutes increasing late in the season, going into the playoffs last year, and now just barely them starting to, uh, get more playing time together and not just playing time together, but also, uh, coach kid having to make decisions on who to play between the two. Right. So, um, so for now, uh Tim is not starting but Tim has been playing really good so that could change uh, pretty shortly uh especially with some other things I have to say about uh Spencer from these last couple games um so we start this game uh Luca had his elbow taped um presumably uh, as a result of the fall that he sustained in the last game against the Pelicans and um you know, he, he hit his elbow, kinda of looked like it it um, hurt his funny bone. I don't know if there's any after effects of that. It certainly didn't seem like it with the way that Luca was playing. Um as y'all know by now, forty one point triple double uh for Luca coming out of this game. Um Maverick started off on a on a very slow start for this uh game. Uh The Nets basically got off to an early lead, but then the Mavs came back with a 10-0 run um, in that first quarter uh, after that sole start. So it was a lot of back and forth this game. There was a Brooklyn run, and then a Mavs run, and then a Brooklyn run, and then a Mavs run. And at halftime, I believe the difference in the score was simply that... Actually, it wasn't even because that was taken out. Uh, There was a buzzer beater that looked like it may have been good from from Kyrie to go into halftime. But um, uh, Luca was celebrating on the tunnel on the way into the locker room uh, because they had you know, reviewed it and, and called it off. But it was a pretty ga- even game by, by the time halftime rolled around. Um, ben Simmons was actually taken out of the game after only three minutes. So that's kind of, kind of like... Even more of an extreme situation as the as the Travail scenario of you know Travail starting and and you know uh, not playing too many minutes overall, but actually um, Ben played more in the closing minutes. What happened was it was apparent that Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons together on offense isn't the best choice for the Nets. Uh, who would have who would have known, right? With Ben Simmons basically on offense this season, pretty much going in the dunker spot, uh, getting tips out for, you know, offensive rebounds, second chance possessions. Um he's like in the dunker spot without actually being the dunker, right? Like they, they never really feed it to him down there because he doesn't want to score really. I mean, there's there's a clip going around of uh a possession this season with Ben basically attacking the rim, air quotes, attacking the rim and, you know, just passes it out um, to basically wide open space where there's uh, KD and, and then KD attacks the close out. But um, Kyrie basically shouting at him, shoot it, Ben. And of course, the internet's going to love that, right? So it's been circling around over there and tons of other examples of, of Ben Simmons. I mean, even games where he, he shot four shots the entire game right where he's part of your big three I think he had a two-point game uh, at some point as well so so yeah uh, they took out Ben Simmons um, that basically got Patty Mills in the game which Luca exploited big time Luca is one of statistically one of the actually statistic I think he is the best scorer in post-up situations in the league, the last time I checked the stats, which was only a, a day or two ago, uh, he was more efficient than Jokic, who was otherwise number one. It was the volume that didn't qualify him for some of the uh, some of the statistics that were going out there because of you know the less games that the Mavs have played compared to majority of of uh, the rest of the teams in the NBA. But um he's more efficient. He's he's going in to post up situations. I think it was fourth most in the NBA in terms of per game average. Um, so of course he's gonna take Patty Mills in the post in that situation as, as a smaller player. He was playing it differently when Ben Simmons was on him, but he was cooking Ben Simmons as well. And look, I know just as much as everyone how good Ben Simmons was of course he was a defensive player of the year finalist rightfully so not too long ago and um and I appreciate my defense but he doesn't look to that level right now he does make some good plays and he made a good play in this game as well um which I'll talk about as we get closer to uh you know what happened right before and including in overtime but he's not like a lockdown defender like he was he's not Someone that players should fear. He's not someone that I would say he's not someone that Luka should fear. And there's obviously very few, if any, players left that that Luca should fear as a defender. But Ben Simmons is not one of them. And I think he was playing pretty well. But there's just this is more this is more of a praise of Luka Doncic than it is um, something bad to say about Simmons. I guess. What there is left to say about Simmons is like, if he's not giving you that advantage on defense for that massive, massive disadvantage he's providing on offense, I can't consider him a star. I can't consider this a big three, right? Now, not to take away from the Nets, but Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were absolutely ridiculous this game. And even with, you know, having Ben Simmons on offense over there, this offense can still do it it's it's their defense that's a problem it's when uh the surrounding cast are not hitting their shots much like what happens with Dallas oftentimes right the surrounding cast are not hitting their three point shots it looks like a different team right but KD and Kyrie were like unguardable this game uh much of the time uh Reggie was he was sweating man when he was guarding Kyrie and it's it's not anything that we wouldn't expect um But, you know, just something to note, it's not that Reggie was playing bad defense. Like, Reggie and Doe bring it every night. Every night. Defensively, they've been bringing it every night so far this season. And you'd love to see it. But there's just players, just like there's Luca, makes the best defenders on other teams look silly. Uh, Honestly, that happened to Reggie uh, quite a bit here with Kyrie. Uh, And Kyrie actually stepped it up defensively big time. Um, I actually didn't realize um, until later on, looking at the box score, how many uh, steals and blocks, you know, statistically uh, how, how great of a game he had defensively. He had three steals and four blocks. I didn't realize that until later, but while watching the game, I'm like, even, you know, not just on the plays where he's getting the actual steal or the block, but he, he was, he was really trying um, to put the team on his back and, and win this game for them. Now, of course we will never go that long without something coming up with Kyrie off the court, um and it has, you know, since since that game and between that game and, and me recording this podcast, but um, you know, not commenting on any of that on the court. Like this guy this guy's incredible, right? And yeah, it's defense is one of the criticisms of this team as a whole and also of him. But there are definitely games where he steps it up. Uh, one example was the first game after James Harden was traded to the Sixers last season. Kyrie made it his mission to not let James Harden beat them. Right. So, um, so yeah, he, he he can do it. He can do it. He was in passing lanes. He was, yeah, he was he was giving people trouble all game. So, got to give it to him. Um, I mentioned that buzzer beater. Uh, It looked good to me, um, but uh, apparently it didn't count. And then, um, you know, you you had more of the back-and-forth runs in this game. The Nets were playing a lot of minutes through Utah Watanabe, uh, who actually, I liked his defense. Um, There was a play, though, where, uh, yeah, he... uh, he could have hurt Luca really bad. Uh, Luca basically like hit his nose on him because uh, he was putting a post spin on Yuta, and then as Luca spun away from him, he stepped up into Luca's space. So then Luca basically spun like full speed right into into Watanabe. I don't think it hit his elbow or anything, but basically uh, Yuta kind of kind of brickwalled Luca. Um, in that situation, as you can imagine, like the speed at which uh Lucas performing his post spins. Um, I think he probably expected a fadeaway, so he was stepping up, which it's a it's a foul either way you put it. So that part I didn't like. But other than that, um he was playing pretty solid defense to add other role players in the game, basically strictly for their defense. Uh David Duke Jr. as well as Edmund Sumner. Um so this team is basically instead of three, three and D guys, these guys basically have three or D guys, right? They're playing guys who are pretty much in the game only for their defense in Sumner and Duke uh, or guys that are only in the game for threes and their liability on defense like Patty Mills. And honestly, it kind of depends night to night, but Royce O'Neal is sometimes in that situation where he is a liability on defense. And it's it's crazy to say, but... I mean, night-to-night consistency of role players in the NBA is hard to come by. I think the Mavericks are very lucky that, uh, I mean, Doe first of all, it's just defensive consistency, it's always there, right? Uh, Three-point shooting, not always, right? And sometimes he looks much better offensively than in other games, which is fine, which is fine. Like, as long as defensively he's bringing every night, and he is. um, And then Mavs are also lucky that, that Reggie has come to that point of his career where where he's like that as well because he wasn't like that earlier in his career. He was more of a consistent three-point shooter that gave you inconsistent defense, and now I feel like that's flipped a little bit. Um, But overall, better player, of course. I think um, his best years are are on this Mavs team. But um, Royce O'Neal, very often um, a liability, and this is something, you know, he was considered basically like the primary perimeter defender for the Jazz all those years. And he still was, which, you know, kind of says says something about uh, the perimeter defense that that the Jazz had. But uh, I don't know if it's going to get any better when uh, Seth Curry comes back, when uh, Joe Harris comes back, right? That's sort of the problem with this, this Brooklyn team. They have three or D instead of three and D players that they can rely on. Um, so yeah, in, in this game, they're relying more on some of those defensive guys. Yuta Watanabe is still a good three point shooter as well, but he only took two shots. He made both of them, um, two, three point shots, I should say, but, um, yeah, he was getting a lot of minutes, um, Mavs without Luka. So Mavs doing the same thing with playing Luka 12 minutes, uh, to start the game, um, as they have been doing, and you know, resting them to start the second quarter, uh, where Luca only played five minutes, so uh, you know, basically seven minutes of Spencer and um, Spencer and, and Christian Wood uh, leading the charge. Actually, I think uh, Spencer, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Christian Wood all played the same amount of time in the second quarter, um, which, if you add it up, is. With Luca's minutes, so basically those three, they're bringing in to to offset not having Luca on the court. In um, basically what is amounting to be the beginning of the second quarter of games, the beginning of the fourth quarter of games, as well as maybe some minutes in the end of the third, but not in this game. So pretty much Luca's playing the full first, the full third and the end of the second or second half of the second and the second half of the fourth right so the the times that we have to focus on here for the mavs on what they can do without luca game in and game out are the beginning of the second quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter now in this game we sort of saw two two opposing things that can happen in this case in the second quarter the Mavs went minus 11 in what was less than 6 minutes without Luka in the second. In the fourth quarter they did a lot better primarily because Spencer was on at that time. He was he was taking initiative, taking the ball, he was driving it in, he was laying it up, he was also shooting it from three, he was pulling up, he was he was on this game. And we see what can happen when Spencer Tatum is on this game. And this is also I think a large reason why there's this talk about shifting his, well, it's like you can't shift his minutes more to when Luca's out because he's playing every second that Luca's out, as he should. Um, but maybe decreasing his minutes as a whole, which means decreasing the minutes that he is on with Luca, which means bringing in either Tim Hardaway Jr. in the lineup, uh, which I'm very in favor of. And also some of these double big lineups with Maxi and Wood on the floor at the same time, and then the Bang Bros together, right? Or maybe Tim instead of one up at the Bang Bros, if if uh, you know they're giving Reggie a rest, for example. And I'm in favor of both of those lineups, um, Spencer. I just I just want to see them try it out. Instead of 30 minutes, let's see what 26 minutes is like, right? Because if there's 12 minutes without Luca on the floor. Luca's playing 36. There's 12 minutes without Luca on the floor. You're playing those six minutes in the beginning of the second and the fourth. Give Spencer 14 minutes alongside Luca instead of 18 minutes. And let's see how that progresses. If that is enough to basically have Spencer essentially not take plays off. I mean, he it, it, either he or Christian needs to have the ball in their hands. I love Tim too, and he's going to have some positions where where he creates, but you cannot have possessions where it's like Spencer's kind of out of the play, right? Now, if Christian Wood is on, sure, let them go back and forth with it, but we've seen a lot of stagnation um, of this offense. Run some pick and rolls, run some lobs to to Christian Wood. Have Christian Wood box out if you're playing both uh, Maxi and Christian Wood together in that uh, Luca list lineup. Have them down there getting offensive boards, right? Put some shots up, not bad shots, right? Take open shots. You're gonna miss them sometimes. Have them clean up the boards with your two big lineup, right? Like try those sorts of things. Um, it's sort of what I want to see. Uh, Doe played outstanding as usual, picking KD's pocket. Uh, running a fast break with Faku. Faku is fast, man. Faku is super fast. He hasn't really, he hasn't impressed at all in the half court. He's really impressed in fast break, but how many fast breaks do you really get? Like this isn't the, this isn't the 20, uh, 2012 Miami Heat, right? This isn't the uh, you know Jordan and Pippen trapping players and. and getting steals for fast breaks every other play, um, so I I don't know how valuable Faku is on this team, I don't know how consistently he should be getting minutes, I think he should be getting minutes just so he can acclimate to the team better, but I think more of those minutes should come when, um, you know, in, in, in blowout games like the Memphis game, right, so yeah, I want the Mavs to have some more Blowout wins so we could see more minutes from Hardy, more minutes from Faku, um and then some of the other guys, just for development purposes, right? Uh, in addition to just not coming down to a Luka shot at the end of the game, every game, right? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see, Ben Simmons, when he came back in the game in the first quarter, a few minutes left in the first quarter, he airballed this layup, which was going viral. Uh, Really funny, if you haven't seen it, definitely check that out. Uh, It looks like he was going for, like, a finger roll. Maybe, like, he was going for a dunk and then changed his mind to a finger roll and it just, like, fell flat, like, didn't even come, like, within a foot close of the rim, even though he was, like, three feet away from the rim. Uh, Let's see. JaVale McGee was an interesting development here as well Um, he was not getting much run in this game he they basically froze him out towards the in in like the second half of the game Uh, he had third quarter he had less than two minutes Uh, he didn't play at all in the fourth quarter or overtime Um, he had 12 minutes basically pretty much on the dot 12 minutes so I think officially his minutes have went down each game Um, but basically from the first game started out at 14 and now it's down to 12. Um, it looked like kid was not happy with him that he took him out after two minutes in the third quarter, um, he's still making his, you know, travail mistakes that we're used to. Um, but, um, yeah, I I, I don't know how it's going to go with this team. So now there's a report that. Dwight Powell might start in place of arresting Javel, so I don't know what the what the deal is with that. It's not a back-to-back. Far from it, actually. Uh, we're talking Thursday game to a Sunday game, this next game against the Magic. Um, so I don't know what the deal is with that. There's, it's not a back-to-back after that. No, there's no. Oh, sorry, I've forget the thunder game so yeah there's a thunder game and then a back-to-back with the magic so maybe he's going to be resting the front end of the back-to-backs this season um it's a little concerning i mean actually it's it's pretty concerning if your starting center is only playing 12 to 14 minutes that's not quite the concerning part but if he's only playing 12 to 14 minutes and he's resting back-to-backs like what is he resting from you know so um so, yeah, that's, that's something to to look out for, definitely. Um, Luca had this... Well, there was one position where he had multiple ridiculous passes. There was one that was kind of went into some empty space. And then uh, the ball came back around to him uh, after it was recovered. And he drove in and he sort of did like a side pass. So, he like went up, looked like he might um, be going for like a runner or a floater. And... Just sort of did this like side pass out to the three-point line. Um, And then there was a pass that everyone's talking about where he drives in on on Ben Simmons. He turns around back to the basket and just throws it two hands, um, you know, behind his head. Similar pass that was made in a previous game, but um, this one just... This one is another clip that went viral. Um, Went to maxi. It was not like totally on target, which... You know, it's hard to expect there, but it led to a bucket regardless. Um, they asked Maxi and, and Luca about it after the game. Maxi's like, "Luca works on passes like this all the time in practice, but sometimes I'm still stuck shaking my head right after all that we see. And then Lucas kind of was more humble with it. And he says, yeah, he tries these passes and, and practice all the time. And then he considers himself lucky when they work out in the game. And that's Luca being humble, which... Is not always the case, but uh, it's a uh, it's a little funny to see sometimes. Um, let's see. Uh, I mentioned Spencer in the fourth quarter. Um, really looked a lot better this game. So maybe it's something that we see. You know, one game it's like this for Spencer, and one game it's not. And this was a game actually where you know Wood cooled off. Um, as long as <laughs> they time their, you know, trading when they're hot and when they're cold to, to stagger each other between Wood and, and Spencer. Mav should be fine um, in the regular season at least, but uh, yeah, we can't have them both be cold when, when Luca's out. Um, let's see. Wood played in crunch time uh, despite foul trouble. There was actually, I think at some point he had five fouls uh, officially, but they had taken away one of his fouls. I think they gave it to someone else. Um, so it was back down to four. He got another foul. He went back up to five. Um, he was still playing in crunch time. Uh, you know, after he got that fifth foul, um, crunch time, meaning like four minutes in the game, but then, uh, but then he got taken out. He didn't play the last two minutes, I believe of, uh, the fourth quarter and none of, none of overtime as far as I remember. Um, but um close game to the end um Mavs messed up a couple possessions. there was actually a possession where uh the ball well a pass bounced off of uh, Royce O'Neal's leg as Luca was trying to to bounce past it into the key and um it was clearly defect, deflected like when you saw it on the replay it was but um you know the refs the refs called it a turnover on Luca. um Maybe in high speed it seemed like Luca just did a bounce pass out of bounds. But um no it was it was definitely a deflection. It was something that Luca was pleading for uh for quite a while with the refs uh in between plays. But um a couple other possessions where the Mavs just really was like their fault, right? They just um got some turnovers as well as some hard defense from uh as I mentioned, Kyrie and the rest of the team. But K D and Kyrie missed a lot of Tough shots um, towards the end of the game. Uh, a lot of it was good defense by the Mavs. Some of it was just early shot clock, you know, confident shots that KD and Kyrie were taking, and it didn't fall. And I think the Mavs got a little bit lucky with that as well. Um, the game ended up going to overtime. Um, uh, I think the last it was the last possession before overtime. Luca um, had this uh, incredible drive into a back to back. Um, sorry, he had, he had um, this incredible drive into an incredible kick pass uh, to Reggie. Uh, Reggie couldn't hit it for the win. Um, and um, um, there was a possession where Luca takes the ball to the wing and he was guarded by... I forget who the guard was that was guarding him, but it wasn't Ben initially. And then Ben comes to trap on the double team and this sort of something that's become a little expected with Luca when he takes the ball into the wing like that he goes in and then he spins back out to come towards the center of of uh of the court and Ben of course timed this perfectly so he came he trapped it and Luca probably felt that coming so he tried to do a pass around um and, uh, and Ben just extended his arms, like, you can't do that on someone like Ben Simmons, say what you want about, you know, the way he's actually been playing, but physically, he's a long guard defender that can get his hand in there, and he's, he's smart enough, Uh, he has enough of a defensive IQ, um, to see that kind of thing happening, especially when I feel like it's just become a habit from Luka to do that, so I think, um, that's a part of his game that he needs to adjust to against good teams, against good defensive players, and probably against any team, right? Uh, But yeah, that deflection led to a steal, led to Ben running the floor. Of course, Ben didn't look for the basket at all, so KD knows to sprint the floor behind Ben and be ready for a pass because Ben wasn't going to convert that himself. Um, And this was after, like I mentioned, a couple of the tough shots that um, that KD and Kyrie were missing, so to give away that easy bucket, especially right after a possession that, um, that KD missed a tough shot, like, it, um, felt bad, but, um, when Wood was in the game in the fourth, um, earlier on, um, he was in for Reggie, so I guess it was just, you know, catching up, uh, Reggie on some rest, but, um, you know, still yet to see that uh, Maxi and Wood closing lineup without Spencer. I don't know if that's the best idea yet, but it's something that I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, the game did get paused um, due to uh, a cup that was thrown on the court, uh, cup full of ice and and drink, um, all the way way from the top. Looked like from the upper deck or something. It looked like they might have been aiming for Luca. It, it, fell pretty short of it, but it was he was basically all alone on that side, um, you know, waiting for the free throw to be shot by by Brooklyn. So, um, you know, what can you say about that? There was quite a bit of delay on that to make sure there was no uh, you know, slippage and, and no injuries uh on the court. But um but yeah, overtime started and the Mavs just completely ran away with it. Luca had back to back, behind the back passes for open threes. Um and they just put it away in overtime early maxi hit a clutch three and and that was sort of the end of it uh we saw tim hardaway jr closing the game there so i think that might be an indication of, of things going forward um so yeah uh, like i mentioned at the top of the show one of the things i want to see is the whole situation with Tim dinwiddie and, and tim hardaway jr's minutes i'd be interested to see if you know um Treville is actually rested and if Dwight Powell is starting in this place, it looks like uh Kidd wants to keep that traditional center starting the game. Uh and then bring in Wood and Kleba's minutes later in the game, which yeah, I, I I agree with. Um Josh Green looked like he he hurt his ankle in this game. Uh Jason Kidd downplayed that, so we'll see what comes from that. And um and yeah, there's there's a back to back here, so I'm gonna come with some more episodes and um, let's see. Good luck to the Mavs on, uh, on facing the Thunder and the Magic's two bottom dwelling te- teams with some really talented young players. Um, I'll do an episode talking about uh, at least about the Magic game because there's some interesting developments there with their hard uh, entries and line up there. Right there. Um, but yeah, I'll talk to you all later. Peace.